I don't believe in running anyway. <laughs> Which is, I, I tried it and it makes me sweaty and tired and sore <laughs> and hot. So I think I'm allergic. I'm not sure. Yeah, just don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> I, avo- I avoid it unless something really big and hairy's chasing me. <laughs> All right, so what's on the topic for today? I thought we'd talk about when to pull the plug. Mm. If you if you're spending a bunch of time with an account and they're not seeing the potential, is mm-hmm. there a time to say my, you know, I can spend my time more effectively somewhere else and pull the plug? Essentially, when do you fire a customer? On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we dive into pulling the plug on a customer. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. When is the right time? We all have those accounts that... Well, take a lot of our time. And when do you know when the right time is to move on? They take almost all of your time, but they're really not generating anything for you. And there, here's the difference, Scott, because you can, if you can see potential and you think that there is a genuine um, endpoint or result that you can achieve, stick with it. But you have to be honest with yourself. If they're just dragging their feet, and stringing you along, and they're never going to make a decision, pull the plug and do it early. One thing that kind of changed the way I thought about this was, I believe it was Greg Danes, who was talking about customers and customers who are not happy. And I always thought, well, hey, if you're not happy, you know, I need to fire them before they fire me, or they don't want to let go of anything. So I need to do them a favor. I need to step up and say, Hey, listen, we need to cancel this. After that conversation, it makes me reevaluate when that right time is. Well, here's, here's the difference that I see in my mind, customers who aren't happy versus customers who can't make a decision or won't make a decision. I think they're two different things we're talking about. If they're engaged enough but they're not happy with the process, absolutely stick with it. I'm joking. Customers that are engaged, but they're not happy, stick with them. I mean, you can fight through the, through these dissatisfaction, through the challenges. What I'm talking about is customers that just simply won't commit. You know, they keep stringing you along. They keep, Oh yeah, we'll get to that next week. At some point, you need to make the decision because there's opportunity cost involved. There's always the next customer that you can be pursuing. And those folks are taking up all your time. That's why I'm saying pull the plug early. Something that's interesting in my business is minimums. When people work on minimums of, hey, I don't work with anybody that has less than you know $5 million. You know, mm-hmm. I don't work with anybody who has less than this. It's an interesting concept because it creates this exclusivity in a way, but it also helps you focus in on what the customers need most. And now as a sales sure. rep down in South Florida, I didn't focus, I didn't say, hey, I only deal with you know, 
you know, shoulder surgeons or knee surgeons. Right. So I, I did have a narrow v- scope, but it wasn't narrow enough. It wasn't, hey, I'm looking for, I specialize in the mom and pop non-hospital owned orthopedic surgeon. Right. Because they were the easiest to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You think about it. They're, they're the most accessible. What I'm saying is to new reps, especially look at the portfolio of products you have, figure out where it fits best and you're going to run into challenges. There's no question. You're going to have difficulties selling into these situations. And so when you find the companies or the customers that just aren't willing to commit to at least give you the time, I think the best word in your vocabulary should be next. You can always circle back around to them, but it's tragic to watch somebody struggle and struggle and struggle with someone that won't give you any commitment. And then you spent all that time and effort and nothing to show for it. Mike, why do you think people waste so much time on accounts going around in circles? Delusion. (laughs) And I say that because, Uh (laughs) well, I look at what I did as a sales rep. I know how much time I spent on certain accounts and there was just going to be no bang for the buck. It didn't matter what I tried. I just wasn't going to get any traction there. And it was because my product and solution wasn't going to match their need. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand. I didn't see it. That's what I'm saying. If, if, if you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole, so to speak, stop. There's, there's better opportunities and there's places for you to go where you're going to be more effective, more efficient, and you're going to be re- rewarded better and you're going to provide better service for the customer. Mike, when I was in college, I was dating a girl and she decided while we were dating, I went on, I had to go to Boston for, for a trip. And when I was out there, she decided to um, go back to her ex-boyfriend for a couple of days. I came back and she said, I would ask her, felt like something was wrong. I said, hey, what was the deal? And she says, oh, well, I need to tell you that you know, I went back to my ex-boyfriend for a couple of days. I said, okay, cool. You were the placeholder. They, well, apparently. <laughs> and so so I said, well, hey, um, like, are we committed or what's the deal? And she said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm committed. I said, okay, cool. Like, I forgive you. Let's, let's move on. Like, we can do this. A um, couple months went by. I had to go out of town again, came back. It's like, wait a second. What just happened? She says, well, it was just for a couple of days. Like I went back to the ex-boyfriend just for a couple of days. And I said, hey, this is ridiculous. Like, are we, are you in or are you not in? Oh, no, no, no. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. It's like, okay, cool. Well, then let's move forward. You know? And so I forgave her again. Well, had to go out of town again. And guess what happened, Mike? I'm guessing <laughs> you didn't marry her, so we know how this ended. <laughs> I did not marry her. And yes, she did go back to the boyfriend again for the third time. And it was the third time that said, listen, I can't keep doing this. Like, I can't keep forgiving you. And and so I use that as an example of when is the right time to move on? That was an interesting lesson for me about moving on. Now, it's yeah, the same I thing think- is, what am I moving to? And that's that that was the hardest thing is is well what do I move to? I can move to loneliness and solitude or I can stay with this girl who likes <laughs> me and her ex-boyfriend at the same time. 
It sounds like the analogy of the guy that fell out of the boat on the river and he grabbed onto the first log that he could catch because the way the the river was just beating him up on the rocks and everything. And he, so he's clinging to this rock and he doesn't realize that right around the bend, the river smooths out, goes nice and calm, and he can just walk out. <laughs> we get stuck in a situation where you're so dependent on what is right now yep. that you forget that what is coming is going to be better if you apply your skills. And to me, when you say that, you know, I, I left the, I could go to loneliness and everything. Mm-hmm. In sales, that means I'm not confident in my skills. I'm not confident in my products and I'm not confident in what I can do because the unknown is for those that are not confident in what they can do. The unknown is much scarier. It is. And there's, there's two things. It's, it's one, when you aren't making money, aren't generating income off of that customer client yeah. already, or if you are generating income and you know it's not going anywhere, and it's a time suck, you have to say, listen, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to give that up and move on. Both are absolutely terrifying. They are. They are. It's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. But if you have confidence in your abilities and confidence in your products, you know there's customers out there. It just takes that leap into the dark and saying, here we go, and full steam ahead. And that... That comes into your personality style, your your uh, your preparation. All of that comes into play. But there's definitely a time to pull the plug. All right, Mike. Science versus art of pulling the plug on a customer or potential prospect. What's the okay. art? What's the science? To me, here's the science. Look at how much time you're spending them. Now, this goes back to the story that Chris Cotton told. When he first started in sales... Mm-hmm. And he landed that big sale, the big opportunity, and it paid him $30,000 in commission. And he told his dad about it. And his dad's question was, okay, how long did that take you? And then mm-hmm. you start doing the math behind it. go, hmm, maybe it wasn't quite worth that because, you know, you could get a part-time job paying just as much. Mm-hmm. When you can look at how much time you're spending and how much money is coming in from that and start figuring the time value it's, that makes the decision pretty simple because the one thing you don't know is how to factor in the opportunity cost, right? That's the science. The art, give it the smell test. If this just doesn't smell like it's going to go anywhere or smell like it's working and be honest with yourself and look at the customer and look at the environment, if it just doesn't feel like it's going to go anywhere, put it on the back burner. You, still, you, you don't need to break up with them, but you can give them a little bit of time but take the normal amount of time you'd be spending with them and apply it somewhere else and get better rewards. When we take a look at the science, how I see it is, you know, put, putting some parameters. I love the way you put it. It's, it's put the parameters and have just an expectations conversation with the account. Say, so listen, this is what I expect. What are you expecting from this relationship? Because if the expectation is, hey, you're yeah. here every single day, twice a day, it's like, you know what? I can't meet that expectation. Like, that's just not something I can do. If you have the expectations conversation and you say, listen, I want to come by once a week and I'll give you 30 minutes once a week. I'll give you 30 minutes, you know, once a month. Whatever that is for the size of account that they should be, you say, this is what I can give you. And if you both agree to it, then great. And if you don't, then it's time to move on. 
It's me going back to... I think to, that's exactly right. It's me going back to the ex-girlfriend and saying, listen, it's either me or the ex-boyfriend. You have to commit. And it was, well, <laughs> I don't know that I can. And then it's like, I don't know that we can be together. I, Unfortunately, I'll commit as long as you're times. here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll, com- I'll commit here when you go out of town. I'm not committed. <laughs> you can't but, be with the one but, you love. Love the one you love. <laughs> yeah. Heard that somewhere. But think about it this way. Think about it from the customer's perspective. And you're right in setting expectations. If I come into a new role and my manager says, here's this account, take care of them. And I'm going to go there a couple times a week because I think that's my role. What is really hard for reps to understand and kind of figure is the opportunity cost. So it's conversations with the account, level setting on the expectation, not the, flip the roles on them. When you're having the conversation with the account, make it a dollars and cents. And just explain to the account, I come in here and I'm spending four hours every week in this account and I'm getting paid $20,000 a year. Okay. If you do the math on it, it doesn't weigh in. It, I mean, it doesn't calculate very effectively mm-hmm. for me as a sales rep. I can't keep doing that. When you explain it to the accounts that way, it makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making less than minimum wage spending time with you. It costs yep. me money to drive here. It costs me time to be here. Explain it to them in dollars and cents. Most of the time they'll get it. Now, here's the deal. They're going to threaten. They're going to say, well, then we'll just go somebody else. What's your answer there, Scott? What do, when they say, we're just going to go with somebody else. What's your answer after Is having it, your girlfriend do that to you three times in a row? Um, I usually hum and haw and take them back a couple more times. And then finally <laughs> it builds up. And it's like, I don't care. Go someplace else. Go back to the ex-boyfriend. See if I care. That's that's probably the best answer. Good answer. And, Good and, answer. And, and looking back, it's like, no, just go be a time drain for my competitor. Like take yep. more of his or her time. That's fine. That allows me. That allows me to go now scope out some of the other accounts that my competitor has because I know that they're taking an, an enormous amount of time with you, Mister Mistress Client. So, but here's exactly. here's something that I find here's something that I find interesting though. I was told by somebody that I should value my time in future dollars, not current dollars. In other words, right. If I'm starting this new profession, new career, if I'm new in the territory, or if I'm, you know, even seasoned, where do I where I want to go? I should value of, hey, I'm worth three hundred and fifty dollars an hour versus I'm worth now currently like seventy five cents plus a discount. And so so how (laughs) so when you're trying to value when you're trying to value, you know, that time as you were talking about. What value would you suggest going off of? Well, that, that's what you need to figure out as a sales rep. This is where the opportunity cost comes in, right? Wait, this is why I'm asking you as the yeah. expert. Oh, okay. Here's, here's what I say. If it's not meeting your expectation, if you can do the calculations and figure out how much time you're getting versus how much commission you're making in that particular account, do the simple math. Extrapolate it out for a year and figure, is that really what you're worth? If it is, great. Keep calling on that customer. And the rest of the market will just go past you. If you're comfortable making that amount of money, and that's comfort is the big issue. We go where we're comfortable. We go where we're liked. We go where they know us. 
And that is one of the biggest traps because that's where sales reps go and they die there. Mike, one of the biggest challenges that I have is I picture Tarzan swinging through the jungle from vine to vine and the coolest shots are where he lets go of the vine and he's flying through the air just to catch the next vine. <laughs> that's that's think, brilliant. Like, that's amazing. Those are cartoons. Those are those cartoons, are... Scott. <laughs> In <laughs> reality, that. it doesn't work that way. Well, but see, so that's the thing is is to be able to leave. And, you know, we, we, we were talking about this earlier, but to be able to leave, you know, an ex-girlfriend go to loneliness, it's... I don't know. It, that's that's the terrifying part. The terrifying, it's terrifying part is that if you do it alone. That, well, how do you not do it alone? Well, because okay, because in mine, it's like, hey, I'm dating a girlfriend. I'm probably dating another one just in case the current one doesn't work out, and I just move right over. I go from vine to vine. I'm not flying like Tarzan, <laughs> flying through the air without a vine to jump off of. That's why I say the best best word in your vocabulary when you're dating and in sales is next. Hmm. Right? I mean, you were committed. You were 100% committed. Yeah. Uh, my wife always told me, until there's a ring on my finger, I'm not committed. <laughs> <laughs> so she was dating somebody else at the time. So that makes sense to me. In business, in sales... If the customer can't agree that, yeah, we're going to do this and give you hard dates, time, you know, we're going to move to X percent by this date, that date comes and goes, I have the conversation. Okay, we didn't meet it. So I'm going to scale back the amount of time that I'm spending with you. And if you really want the solution, you know what it is, you know what it can do, you step towards me. And... When I say don't do it alone, talk to your managers, talk to others in the territory, talk to other sales reps around the country who have different, have different levels of success. And they will be able to reassure you that by leaving that customer and moving to the customer B, it'll open up new doors, expand your horizons. You'll be seeing more opportunities and ultimately you'll see more success, but you still have to pull the plug on customer A. There might be, well, I'm sure, I know there's people who do this so much better than I do it. I am not a ruthless assassin. Like, I am not one who fires don't, people. But think quickly. of it this way. Don't, yeah, don't think of it as being ruthless. Think of it as self-preservation. If you mm -hmm. think of it as a survival skill where I'm doing the best to protect my lifestyle, my income, I guarantee you the account, the customer... Nobody else really cares about making my mortgage payments. They just don't. They mm -hmm. don't get up in the morning and figure, how am I going to make Mike more money today? It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You need to get up and it's self-preservation mode. You're looking out for your own best interest by providing the best customer service and customer support and products for your customers to make them successful. It's not about customer. Is this Greg Danes? Yes. Yep. It's not about customer satisfaction. It's all about customer success. They mm -hmm. can be very satisfied with you and you can be spending all your time there and you're not making a dime. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that having that conversation then with the client, not mistaking their frustration for time suck. 
like if they're frustrated, if they're mm-hmm. really diving into the product and using it or the service or whatever it is, if they're using it and trying to maximize it and bumping up to the edges of capability, don't get frustrated with that. Like take that as a success. No. If they're calling and asking, hey, well, can we do this or that? Get the engineering team involved. Like this is where you can help them start building out, you know, future scope of projects. And it, there's there's people that you can pass them onto to be able to help out. Where this becomes the challenge is is when they're not diving into the product. They're humming and hawing. They're going around and around. And this is this is where you really need to take a look and say, okay what do I want to do with this individual? And that's having a conversation with them and saying, listen, here's what I can do. Here's my expectation. What is your expectation of me? Put those expectations out on the table. And then from there, try to accomplish them. And if you don't, then move on. And don't do like what I always do, which is, hey, I'll give you three strikes and you're out. Like that wastes months of my life. Yeah, it does. It does. And this is where your confidence comes in. So I'm telling new sales reps, be confident in your, your capabilities, be confident in you and be confident in what you can do. There are hundreds of opportunities out there. Don't rely on the people that are just going to string you along. It may be making you a little bit of income, but it's costing you a giant income. With this, one thing that I will encourage you to do is speak to your manager make sure that the higher-ups know exactly what you're doing if you're going through a reorg in your own personal territory like make sure that it fits with inside what the organization's willing to do and the reason i say that is i had an opportunity to to shake up um when i was covering latin america i had a chance to shake up some latin american territories and the and so i went to my manager and said hey listen here's what i want to do and he said, ooh, not yet. I said, wait, what are you talking about? Like, this is this is a drain. We need to get rid of these people. We need to hire new people. And he says, no, not yet. He says, the company, we're going through a, a reorg. Now is the absolute wrong time to do it. So make yeah. sure that you're doing it at the right time with the company. Make sure that you get their support to be able to do it. Yeah, and I, I think that... Good catch. And I think that's kind of a given in my mind that you're having regular conversations with your manager and he's up to date on what's going on. Trust me. He recognizes the amount of or time she, you're spending there. Or she, because more, more she. than likely it's, yeah. Either one. They recognize, is that the correct one? They, rather than he mm-hmm. or she. They, <laughs> they, they recognize the time suck and they recognize the opportunity costs. Talk to your manager, talk to your director, make sure that they're on board and just let them know. And I'm not saying that you have to pull the plug immediately on the account and just jerk it out of the wall, but you need to be reaching for the plug, having the conversations with them and slowly pull it out where they understand this isn't going to continue the same way. And it takes a lot of guts. On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we spoke about how to pull the plug on a client, something very difficult to do. Mike, we'll probably come back. We'll get some listener comments and uh, circle back and have this conversation again for sure because this is a really fun and interesting one. Yeah, I hope so. And this is one that's it's not only interesting and fun, but it's critical to your success. I mean, it, yep. it has to happen. You've got to be more focused and you've got to have 
more detailed and straightforward conversations with customers. Mike, thanks for the time as always. I appreciate no, it. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been Great fun. conversation. It's been thanks, Scott. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. We'll see you.